You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast right here on Friday. I'm your host, Patrick Kahn of Locked On Longhorns. With me, my man, as always, Big Ten, Ben Stevens of the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. It's a little different, Ben, because we don't have any games to talk about this weekend. I I feel lost. I, I don't know what to I'm, I'm Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, usually we're talking odds. We're talking matchups. But don't worry. I want to let everybody know. We've still got odds to talk about. We're going to look to next year. Everybody, it seems like, is doing the year that was in 2020. I think you've heard enough. I think Ben agrees. Let's move forward. We're in 2021. 2020 is mercifully over, Yeah, as we like to say. Um, so let's kick it off, uh, Ben, real quick uh, with with the Big Ten and, and how Ohio State ended the season. Oh, do you think with and I'm not I'm not going there, but with the potential of Justin Fields leaving, uh, I think the next quarterback in line is probably C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. um, is the name that you're going to hear? Are they still going to be up there as far as national championship contenders in the year of 2021? Yeah. Probably. I would think so. I mean, CJ Stroud was the number two overall pro style quarterback in the class of 2020. So they return that with them. Jack Miller could also factor in that quarterback battle. I was just glad that we're looking to the future. I thought you were going to ask me to recap Monday night and I wasn't really mm. wanting to do that anymore. It's been four days. I'm over it. Whatever. Wasn't a great performance. Wasn't the Buckeyes best night. We're moving to the future. And the way that I see Ohio state returning is they always reload. They don't just rebuild. They restock and they reload and they will have some pieces back from this year's team that made them successful. I think that secondary that had the likes of seven banks and Josh Proctor get so much big 10 and college football experience this year. They should be able to take some of the lumps they did and improve. They have some some talented people up front. Yeah, they lose guys like Haskell Garrett and Jonathan Cooper, but they have Zach Harrison returning, who was a big factor early on in the year for Ohio State. No more Trey Sermon as well when you look at that backfield, but Master Teague, who showed some flashes throughout this season, should be joining either C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller in that backfield for Ohio State. And the linebackers are gone. They lose a lot of experience there when you look at Baron Browning, when you look at Pete Warner, when you look at Tough Borland, but I do believe Ohio State will be okay. I think they should be in the top five, but the time we get to the 2020 2021 excuse me college football season you know and if you look at the betting odds for next year's college football playoffs well we're looking at the odds from betonline.ag looks like ohio state is top five uh yep. they are number four 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 uh, fourth they're the playoff best odds yeah they're in the playoff the fourth best odds when you when you look at that and you look at the teams that are above them right you're talking about a clemson Yes, they lose Trevor Lawrence, but DJ, you can finish the rest of that because you're Ungangolele. Yeah, exactly. Alphabet soup at quarterback. I, th I think that Clemson's pretty good. They're in the top five. Alabama, uh, of course, is going to be up there, even though they're losing loads of talent on that offense. Three starting offensive linemen, including Dickerson, who uh, you know tore his ACL, didn't get to play in the national championship game, but he did get to go in for you know victory celebration. That all that. Uh, they have Bryce Young at quarterback. You have to like that. Brian Robinson Jr. is a running back. 
so I think Alabama should be the number one. Here's the one that I'm I'm looking at the odds here. Georgia, really? Are we playing this game again? I think so. I mean, they're playing the JT Daniels game, right? When you look at the top five that betonline.ag has it for the future odds to win the 2021 into 2022 NCAA football championship, you have Alabama at the top at plus 350. You have Clemson at plus 400. Georgia tied with Clemson right there in second at plus 400. And then Ohio State in fourth at plus 650. Oklahoma at plus 750. And then there was a large drop-off from five to six where Iowa State find themselves at plus 2,500. But that makes sense to me. When you look at those top five and you look at the past of the college football playoff history we are now just finishing up the seventh year the cfp has been in action of the 28 available semifinal spots 22 of them have been taken by alabama clemson ohio state oklahoma and notre and notre dame that is what we are used to that is the lack of parity we have seen at the top of the college football playoff so it doesn't really surprise me to see those teams again leading the way as we look at the future odds for this next college football season are you at all shocked that we're not seeing any group of five anywhere near the top 10, top 12? I mean, because as you go down the list, you, you said at Iowa State, then you have Florida, Notre Dame, USC, LSU, North Carolina, Oregon, Texas, Texas A&M, Wisconsin. Miami is up next. There's no group of five whatsoever, uh, which, I mean, I, I guess I'm not shocked because we don't really talk about group of five until it gets further in the season when we see kind of who's standing because with the group of five, it's never the same. It's UCF, it's Coastal Carolina, it's Cincinnati, just depending on what year. Last year, of course, you had two of them. Uh, mm-hmm. But now, you know, BYU would have been a team that I would have brought up. But now that, that Wilson is leaving, it's kind of right. like, okay, well, I, I don't know where they are. Uh, were there any surprises when you look through that list? I was kind of shocked that Texas and Texas A&M have the same exact odds. Yeah, I mean, there's some surprising in there, but when you look at the actual odds themselves, like you see North Carolina at plus 4,000. Like, that's not really yeah. a good bet. You're taking a absolute leap of faith that they hope maybe they can qualify for the college football playoff. But again, I think the betonline.ag future odds are reflective of what we've seen in college football. All the conversation from this past season that, that just ended in 2020, of uh, this has been the craziest year of college football in the history of college football crazy with the college football playoff and yet the cfp committee kept it the exact same chalk as we have seen for the last seven years we have done this so no it doesn't surprise me and you see cincinnati that got great news this past week that their star quarterback desmond ritter would be returning and they're still at plus 6600 behind washington and a four and five big 10 penn state team a two and four big 10 michigan team and these are teams from my own conference that i think will be much improved as we look ahead to next season but the fact that since he's the best group of five team that was a top 10 team to finish off the year showed they can compete with the guys like Georgia, who is now in third as betonline.ag sees it or tied for second, even with Oklahoma. And since he's all the way down there at plus 6,600, it doesn't surprise me that betonline.ag did that. It's just reflective of where we are within the college football playoff landscape. And before we move into our next topic, which we're going to start talking about some Heisman, uh, I wanted to get your quick thoughts because it's Big Ten related. What what was your initial reaction to Michigan keeping uh, their head coach and Jim Harbaugh? What, what was your thought there? My initial reaction was what somebody tweeted on Twitter. Tweeted on Twitter. Yes, that's a thing. It's like at the end of the night, you're at a bar with your buddies and you've been talking to this girl and it's not great. Nothing's going all that well, but you're like, eh. Might as well. 
that's really what I think Jim Harbaugh is right now for Michigan. And I think when you look at the wording of the actual contract and the fact that his salary was reduced heavily in price from where it was pre-COVID pandemic to now it's just about $4 million a year, and the fact that he will have his buyouts be so much less, it's pretty much in my way of thinking that Michigan is saying, listen, Jim, we love you. You're a Michigan man. You're a great player at this university. You want to do the right thing and turn Michigan around, but it hasn't worked so far. So we're going to give you a couple more years, and if it doesn't, we are ready to get you out the door. And I think that buyout being so less than it was right now, which would have been $10 million through the remainder of his original contract that ends at the end of next college football season, with that buyout being so much more minimal compared to where it was, it's pretty much Michigan saying, you got two years to figure this out. If it doesn't work, if we're not beating Ohio State, if we're not competing for the Big Ten East Championship and playing in the Big Ten title game, see you later, Jim. It was a good experiment. It didn't work out. I also think it adds value, though, because you kept Jim Harbaugh, who has been a hell of a recruiter his entire time in Ann Arbor. He brought in another top 10 class for the class of 2021. It also keeps some continuity in the recruiting ranks because had they parted ways with him at the end of this season, that would probably would have set the program back at least two to three years. So they got rid of Don Brown, the defensive coordinator. You knew something was going to happen there. There would have to be some changes within the coaching staff. They just brought in their all-time great Mike Hart, a three-time All-American, to be the running backs coach from Indiana. They're trying to inject some life into this program. But again, the verbiage of the contract tells the picture for me. If Jim Harbaugh can't figure this out in the next two seasons, if they don't beat Ohio State in the next two seasons, he's gone. There you have it from Big Ten, Ben Stevens. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about the Heisman odds, future Heisman. Who should we look out for and who could be on the rise? Uh, but all I do want to ask you, are you ready for some more football? We have playoff action going on this weekend, so you're still going to get your football fixed. There's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. For your 50% welcome bonus. NFL Divisional Weekend. I am so excited for my Kansas City Chiefs are in action on Sunday. I think the last time I saw it from betonline.ag, they were about a 10-point favorite over the Cleveland Browns. But as we're talking on the college level, let me give you a tip here as we look at college basketball, which is in the thick of the season right now. A great line for you. I call it my underdog special. Rutgers at home tonight hosting ninth-ranked Wisconsin. The Badgers coming off a huge loss to Michigan this past week. Rutgers, a two-point home dog in the rack. That's also a great game, and we're getting all those spreads from betonline.ag because they have you covered for all of it. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo K-E-D-O-N to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, as we get ready to talk about these Heisman odds, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked on Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's get into some of these odds here, uh, Ben, with the Heisman Trophy uh, potential candidates for next season. I think we heard this name this season in the pandemic-stricken year of Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma. He's coming in as your number one best odds at 350 over the mm. likes of a Bryce Young, which I look at that and I'm like, okay, so I understand Rattler, Bryce Young. I know he's in Alabama, but it's going to be a different offense completely. It's not Steve Sarkeesian. 
do I feel comfortable with him right there at number two? I figure he's going to be up there regardless because he is that talented. Uh, we round out the top four uh, with JT Daniels and Clemson's quarterback. I'm not even going to attempt to say it. I'm going to let you do it. DJ Uliungangolele. Yeah, see, Ben's been working on that for weeks. So anytime weeks. it pops up, I'm like, you you have at it, buddy. I am. Thank you. I'm not about to butcher it completely. Uh, and then Sam Howell, UNC, coming in at number five. I mean, I think we agree that when you when you talk Heisman quarterbacks, if you have an experienced quarterback and he's being coached by Lincoln Riley, you might as well go ahead and shove him to the front of the line because Lincoln Riley knows how to generate Heisman finalists, Heisman mm-hmm. winners. He won two consecutive Heismans with his quarterback. His quarterbacks won two Heismans under him in his first two years as head coach. Jalen Hurts finished second uh, because of Joe Burrow's magical year last year. Who would win the Heisman? So I think Spencer Sand, or I'm sorry, Spencer Rattler, I should say, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Spencer I get Sanders the two Spen- on the list. No, no, no. I get the two Spencers mixed up. Uh, they both play in Oklahoma. Uh, but when you get when you have uh, Rattler uh, there, I think you know, right there at 350 odds, I, I think it's perfect. Spencer Rattler really struggled early on this season for Oklahoma when the Sooners were struggling overall. But then he kind of flipped a switch late in that Texas game in the Red River rivalry. I'm glad I could say that even in the offseason of college football. And he started to really improve through the latter half of the season, obviously leading Oklahoma to their New Year's Six Bowl win. So I think they won, right? They won in the New Year's Six Bowl. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. 55 to 20 over Florida. Right, right. Oh, he's a full. Oh, yeah, the Florida game. I, you know, sorry, Dan Mullen, like me, we're already. Looking ahead, Atlas should be the favorite. You talked about the pedigree, the track record that Lincoln Riley has for producing Heisman winners at that quarterback position. Bryce Jones makes sense. Alabama is going to be the best team in the country. He's the quarterback of that team. We have seen how explosive that offense can be in the last couple of years. I also want to throw a name in there, though, that I'm surprised is this high, seeing as what happened in the bowl game. De'Ara King from Miami at number six at plus 1,200. He suffered that torn ACL in Miami's bowl game. We're putting a lot of faith that he'll be back. I hope that's the case. I hope that he is able to perform at the level we saw at the end of the year because he was a lot of fun to watch in college football. Yeah, and I was actually excited that prior to the game, he announced that he was coming back because right. he is exciting. You know, when you look at it and you looked at Derrick King, I didn't think he was ready for the NFL. I didn't think that he was going to be in that top tier with with the guys that kind of exploded this year because uh, nobody was talking about Mac Jones, Kyle Trask to begin the season. It was all Trevor Lawrence. It was all Justin Fields for good reason. Um, you know, Trey Lance Jr. Uh, was another guy that everybody was talking about. Those were guys that I was looking at. How about this name? At plus 2,000, Bijan Robinson. I'm loving Bijan Robinson that high. Should he be higher than Brees Hall? Well, let me just say this. Brees Hall's new head coach is uh, really good at using his guys. And, oh, by the way, he had three of the top five Heisman finalists this last season with Alabama. Now, when you look at it, Alabama has been known for what? Producing Heisman winners, not at the quarterback position. This last year, there were two Heisman finalists in the top five, including the winner, Devontae Smith, who played in the Steve Sarkeesian offense. We know what B. John Robinson can do. We saw it on the field uh, with limited touches. I mean, he touched the ball 12 times in the bowl game, had over 220 yards, of offense he had over 230 yards from scrimmage or all-purpose yards uh, including return yardage 
he's dynamic, so I think he's definitely – I would be willing to put money on B. John Robinson to be a finalist uh, in the Heisman Trophy hunt just because of what he does, and, and really he's the best running back on that team. I completely agree. I also think if you're going to be a Heisman finalist outside of the quarterback position, you need some all-purpose yards. You need some flashy plays in the return game. Bijan Robinson has showed us he can do that. I hope they keep him in those kind of roles next year in that Steve Sarkeesian-led Texas Longhorns program, which is pretty crazy still when you think about it. But Bijan Robinson, the highest best, the best odds rather of anybody that's not a quarterback. He is what on the list? He is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in eighth place, just behind Keaton Slovis of USC at plus 2000, Matt Corral of Ole Miss tied with him at plus 2000 as well. So you talked about your guy. Let me talk about two of my guys that are on this list. Three of my guys, Graham Mertz from Wisconsin at plus 3,300 CJ Stroud from Ohio state, as we discussed in the previous segment at plus 3,300. But my main guy, my main guy, is Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback from Indiana at plus 4,000. I was the president and founder of the Michael Penix Jr. for Heisman fan club for the 2020 college football season, and Michael Penix Jr. was off to a great start. Was he going to be a Heisman finalist? No. And then he suffered an ACL injury against Maryland in week six of the Big Ten football season. I think he comes back stronger, and I will be keeping my presidency level of the Michael Penix Jr. for Heisman fan club in the 2021 college football season, plus 4,000. Maybe put $5 down right now at betonline.ag and just see where that goes in a future bet if it pays off. If Indiana, who was ranked in a lot of people's top 10 when you look at the way too early top 25s for next year's college football season, if they are going to be successful, replicate what they did in this year in 2020 and last year in 2019, Michael Penix Jr. will be at the forefront of all of it. Hmm, a dark horse Heisman candidate, you say. Put your money on IU's Michael Penix Jr. Okay, so would that be your way too early locked on lock of the week? I mean, we got to keep it going, right? We have to keep we have right. to keep it going. Is that your locked on lock of the week? Your your yes, early my, dark horse. My locked on lock of the week for a potential early Heisman candidate for the 2021 college football season with great odds at betonline.ag at plus 4000 to win that Heisman trophy. That is the entire title of what I just said. Yes, it is Michael Penix Jr. from Indiana. For my locked on lock of the week, I'm gonna go with Bijan Robinson. I mean, who so everybody knew I'm going with Bijan. I'm going yeah. with Bijan. He's my guy. Uh, he was fantastic last year. I loved watching him. The frustrating part was not getting to see him on the field, given how Sarkeesian has used his running backs, specifically Najee Harris. I think Bijan is about to explode as far as his usage, what all he does. All right, but coming up next, we're going to talk about some of these new hires. Who's going to make the biggest impact in year one? Uh, I'll make my pick. And, of course, Big Ten Ben Stevens is going to make his pick. All right, March Madness is just a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first board of the year with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan mm. Mobley, and more. Mm. Don't forget my guy, Greg Brown, Kai Jones at the University of Texas. Yes, I'm going to plug him. Subscribe to the Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's switch gears. We've talked about 2021's national championship. Mm-hmm. Who could be there? Who's going to be the Heisman? Let's talk new coach hires. 
the the ongoing coaching carousel. I mean, there's constant movement, but let's we want to start low and work our way up. Let's start with coordinator hires. When you look at some of the movement around college football, obviously Cincinnati is losing their defensive coordinator. He's now going to Notre Dame, I believe. Uh, okay. passing over LSU, which I thought was kind of a surprise. But Notre Dame, great spot for him to land. Uh, and, and then you look at some of the other movement. We're hearing that former defensive coordinator for the Texas Longhorns, Chris Ash, could be going with Urban Meyer to the NFL. Former Rutgers head coach, too. Uh, was he the head uh, It was a short I – don't, I don't remember it. I, I, I blinked, and, you know, it was over. Four, four games and four seasons of Big Ten football. Four games, four wins, and four seasons of Big Ten football. That is Chris Ash's legacy in Piscataway, New Jersey. I, I don't I don't know that – has anybody worked at Rutgers outside of Greg Schiano? No. 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 I mean, okay. truly, like, it's his program forever. He could be the godfather of that program. And, yes, I say godfather because it's Piscataway, New Jersey, eh? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, when you look at some of the movement of coordinators, obviously I could be a bit biased and I could say Jeff Banks leaving Alabama to come to Texas to be the new special teams coordinator, kind of, kind of their weapon in recruiting, I think in the state of Texas. Uh, but where would you go? Where, who's your pick as you think this guy's going to have the biggest impact in year one? Well, I think Marcus Freeman going to Notre Dame, leaving Cincinnati, becoming the new defensive coordinator at Notre Dame was a very big move and passing up some other offers to do so. That's a huge get for Brian Kelly. The defense was very good this year, as it really has been the staple of fighting Irish football. But I think Marcus Freeman, who is a young rising defensive coordinator in the ranks of college football, is using this next step. Maybe he could be in contention for the Broyles Award for the top assistant in all of college football and maybe taking that next leap to a head coaching position in a year or two from now. But I also want to show some of my bias here and look at the Big Ten. One of the biggest splash hires in terms of coordinators in the Big Ten last offseason was James Franklin poaching Kirk Scirocco from Minnesota and bringing him over to Happy Valley. Now, Kirk Scirocco did not have a lot of success in his one and only year at Penn State because we learned this offseason Kirk Scirocco would be leaving the Nittany Lion football program and Mike Yursich, a guy you know very well, was coming over to take over the reins of that Penn State offense, a Penn State offense that desperately needed some identity through most of this college football season. The Nittany Lions infamously started 0-5 and then won the final four games of their season to finish with a 4-5 and mark and the offense did improve, but you're probably going to have Sean Clifford back as the signal caller for next year. You should have much better running back depth with with Noah Kane coming back. And we saw a little bit of the guy's name that I'm forgetting right now. I'm, I apologize. It's something Lee. Dang it. I'll remember it by the time we get to the 2021 college football season. But I think that's one of the biggest hires in the big 10. And Mike Yurisich is a guy with big 10 experience. He was the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach under Ron. Ryan Dang's a wealth of knowledge from the Big 12 when he was the OC at Oklahoma State for like five, six seasons. I think that's a very big hire as they try to reinvigorate that Penn State offense, now having Mike Yurisich as the offensive coordinator in State College. And I think that's an absolutely knockout, you know, that's a home run hire for them. And the reason I say that, in the it did not go well for Mike Yurisich at the University of Texas in his one year. Uh, he did get them close to where his goal, his goal is, he will tell you, 45 points a game. Texas finished scoring 42.7 points per game in 10 games. The problem being that he had an overbearing boss in Tom Herman who wanted to have his hands on the offense. And to this day, I will argue 
that Mike Yurcich was not calling that offense. That was a Tom Herman offense. One of the things that you really got to like about Mike Yurcich, he likes the pro-style quarterbacks. He likes to drop back quarterbacks. He doesn't like the dual threats, uh, as evident of who he was trying to get at the University of Texas with Quinn Ewers over a guy like Jalen Milrow who left. Where did the other Quinn thing Ewers? He ended up signing with a team. Where did he go? I was a team. He didn't sign. He didn't sign. He didn't sign. He he committed to a team though. And it, they were yeah he did North, somewhere Ohio, in Ohio some, oh yeah, yeah somewhere up there uh, Ohio State University yeah well let me just say uh, he did he did leave but what I'm saying is that's the style of quarterback he likes and he likes to run the football he likes to mm-hmm. use his running backs he likes to throw it around uh, he is very much a shotgun offense spread them out uh, so I think for Penn State I think it's a great hire and I think. Uh, with Franklin running that program, I think it's only going to enhance that offense uh, at, at, at Happy Valley. That's an interesting tidbit there, though, of information, because Sean Clifford and the guy behind him and Will Levis that had a lot of action this year in Big Ten play, both very much dual-threat quarterbacks that like to utilize their legs when things break down. Will Levis is like a Taysom Hill type of guy that loves to bowl people over trying to get into the end zone. That will be very interesting to see how Mike Yurcich's system updates with them. And the running back's name that I forgot for Penn State, who had a fantastic end of the year, Kevon Lee. I saw, I apologize, Kevon. I know you are a devote listener. So I apologize, Kevon Lee. My mistake. Kevon Lee, the running back from Penn State. But along with Noah Kane, who was supposed to be a very talented sophomore that got injured in that first game against Indiana coming back, I think Penn State will be on the up and up as we get to 2021. Now let's talk head coaches, though. And you have a guy taking over in Austin, Texas, a young man, maybe not so young, but a man that has just won a national championship with Alabama, Steve Sarkeesian, becoming the new head coach of the Texas Longhorns. He had his introductory press conference just about two days ago, right? What'd you make of that? Uh, you know, I, I like what he had to say. I mean, you could you can say, oh, well, he came in and, and, you know, he said what he needed to say, what people needed to hear the coach speak. But the, the big thing that I took away from that was his main goal is building relationships and making sure that his players are in the best position to succeed, not just on the football field, but off classroom, community work, everything. I think that he said a lot of the right things and he's making a lot of the right moves where he's gone and got Kyle Flood. Where was an issue that Texas had a lot of problem with? Recruiting offensive linemen, develop offensive linemen. So he brings his friend Kyle Flood, who, where was he at? Rutgers. Uh, and then he went to Atlanta Falcons, coached with Steve Sarkeesian, followed him to Alabama. Now he's followed him again to Texas. I really think when you look at it, when you look at where Texas is, where they were last year, I mean, you could make the argument that they shouldn't have fired Tom Herman based on how the season ended. There are a lot of other things. There's layers to this, right? There's a lot of layers to this, and there's a reason why he was let go. Right. Um, but when you look at the whole picture, to me, I mean, there's really not another coaching hire out there to me that's going to have as big of an impact based on what we've already seen. And there is a level of excitement in recruiting that the University of Texas has not seen uh, in quite some time. And you're seeing it. You already saw it at the, the national championship game. You had Armani Winfield. He was talking to Coach Sark before the game. Where was he? Everybody thought he was going to Ohio State. By halftime, he is committed to the University of Texas after watching what Devonta Smith did in that game. So, I, to me, it's Sark. It, it, 
it begins and ends with Sarko. Who's going to have the biggest impact in year one as a new head coach? My question to you is, though, it seemed that the fault of Texas football in the recent three, four seasons, whatever it was, was not the recruiting rankings, but the development of said players. Do you think Steve Sarkeesian is more apt to do that than Tom Herman was? Yes, I do. Uh, Absolutely, I think so. When you look at, you know, he had four years to develop Sam Ellinger. I never saw any kind of projection going up with Sam Ellinger. It very, it felt very even keel all the way through, but you could even argue that it kind of dipped in the final year of Tom Herman. And one thing about Steve Sarkeesian, what is he, what is he known for? Quarterback development. I mean, we, you could talk about Tua Tagovailoa. You could talk about Mac Jones. I mean, the, the ascension that he had, and then, you know, we could even go back to Jake Locker at Washington. You could even go back to a Mark Sanchez at USC who became a first round draft pick. You know, he has this wealth of knowledge that he can go to and he is the quarterback guru and things are going to change. I think uh, when it comes to development. And I think that's why he's putting the guys around him that he is because he understands that development has been an issue at the university of Texas for some time. Are you surprised we didn't see Casey Thompson on the Heisman early look ahead list from betonline.ag with the odds? Seeing as we have Sark, the quarterback guru, and Casey Thompson that wowed all of college football for about two hours on December 26th? I'm not at all shocked because I don't think that – I kind of feel like people don't believe that Casey Thompson is the de facto starter next year. Uh, I do Mm -hmm. believe he is going to be in a battle with Hudson Card, who was their top recruit from the year before. Dual threat guy. He was the number two dual threat quarterback in the nation. Uh, so he, he's a guy that I think they're both going to be battling out. I expect it to be Casey, but I think when it came to the Heisman odds, they took the known commodity that is Bajon Robinson versus the unknown because we've only really seen Casey Thompson play one full game. He played the second half against UTEP, and really it was only the third quarter, and then he played the second half in the Alamo Bowl. So I think, I think it was the known commodity factor. Hudson Card is the guy that will be competing in that quarterback room with Casey Thompson. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. That is an all-time Texas quarterback name right there. Okay, cool. Hook him. Shout out Tom Herman. Yeah, uh, Kate. Yeah, Hudson Card of Lake Travis High School in Austin, Texas. Uh, so he grew up, you know, a Texas Longhorn fan. Uh, he Uh-oh. wants to be a Texas Longhorn. So we have Uh-oh. the guy who was born to be a Longhorn and the son of a Sooner competing for the starting quarterback job at the University of Texas. It doesn't get much better than that when he's talking about college football and the, what is it you like to say? The Red River Rivalry. Red River Rivalry. You're a guy that knows all about the Red River Rivalry now. I I do know a little bit better, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. You heard my man, Big Ten, Ben Stevens. I am Patrick Kahn. Enjoy your basketball this weekend. Mm. We'll see you on Monday.